after these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, bringing you hot takes on commercial breaks. We're going to be talking about TV commercials today, the good ones, the bad ones, and the ones where people say weird shit, like this. Look, I'm a machine, I'm proud of it. (laughs) My name is Andrew Walsh, and I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hello, Genevieve Haz. Hi, Andrew. Coming up today, oh, the show everybody's been waiting for. (laughs) Because we're not already up our own navels too much. That's right. That's the phrase. Podcasters in... I was trying to clean it up a little bit. <laughs> Podcasters in commercials. This this topic, kind of we stumbled on it accidentally. Heard from a friend of mine who's a kind of a new listener to the show. And he pointed out that one of the commercials we talked about pretty heavily in the past couple of weeks, uh, which I'll tell you about in a second. Um, actually, one of the people in it is better known for his podcast which I did not know, which then I responded, are you talking about this one or this one or this one? And next thing I know, I realized, oh, yeah, there's a million podcasters and commercials. Yeah, I do question a little bit the premise of this show. Already? <laughs> because. Jeez, we're like 30 seconds is it? In. Are we? Is the tail wagging the dog? You know, in other words, everyone has a podcast. So, ergo, it's not surprising that people who are in commercials are also people who... I understand that's not how we're trying to approach yeah. this, but it is a little bit of, um, you know, the tech, the sharpshooter fallacy, right? Like, we draw the circle around people after they've already become famous. Maybe, although I think the thing that really triggered it for me was when he mentioned that one of these people in this commercial is a podcaster, and he's not playing a podcaster on a commercial, he's just also an actor. Um, That too, I mean, how many actors are doing a podcast? But it reminded me of, and we'll get into it, but it reminded me of another um, uh, commercial that we talked about a long, long time ago that uh, we were wondering why they cast a certain guy in this commercial because he seemed a little stiff. And then we turned out, uh, we learned that, oh, this turned guy. Turned out it was Keanu Reeves. It was Keanu Reeves. Um, we uh, found out that actually he's also a podcaster and somebody who I used to listen to. But anyway, just more questions than answers. But I don't question <laughs> the premise at all. I think it's a good damn premise and I appreciate the listeners. Yeah, it's sure to be a great show. Yeah, it's sure to be a great show. Um, also, Vives, I hope you didn't catch too much wind of this, but we have a voicemail from an ad counselor who discovered some sexy fanfic. Actually, a <laughs> lot. Like... I don't volumes, even know. I don't know what this is even volumes about. Volumes of se- but you had sexy, me at sexy fanfic based on a commercial that we've talked about a oh, lot I can't on this wait. show. Yes, and so I did a little bit of digging, and there. it's not the stuff I wrote. No, as far as I, I mean, it, what do you go by online? What's your <laughs> what's your avatar's name? Jake from State Farm's girlfriend. <laughs> oh yeah, this is the stuff you wrote. Okay, let me rephrase this. In a little bit, we're going to be going through Genevieve's. Diary, her fanfic (laughs) musings. Um, But let's get into this uh, podcasting premise, which I think stands up strong. I found it hard to find music especially music from the era we usually draw from, the 80s, that were about podcasters doing TV commercials. 
You'd think there'd be a whole bunch of them. Like, uh, hard to find, like, lists of them? Just any song from the 80s about a podcaster doing oh, a TV commercial. <laughs> yeah, that is a... It just was tough to there come aren't up that with many, them. That's yeah, true. so I went with Fame by David Bowie. All right, let's start by talking about Coincidentally, the... there's a new movie about David Bowie. Um, there is? Yeah, and uh, Mark Maron, also a famous podcaster, co-stars in it. Really? Yeah, I looked for some uh, commercials with Maron in them, but I could all only I find could them find in, were... Like, yeah, movie, movie clips. Exactly. Exactly. Movie t- uh, trailers that he is an actor in. Um, but the commercial that started this all was, uh, or I guess maybe I should say the campaign that started this all were the progressive commercials we were talking about with the two. What do they call them? Line judges, not line judges, but the referees who hold the um, who hold the uh, first down markers on the sidelines. Yeah, of the they football move the game. chains. Yeah, exactly. And we went. Was it last week? Yeah, it must have been that we talked. Quite a bit about two of the installments in this series. We think the premise is really good. I think we both feel like both of the actors in these commercials are really good. I had some problems with the details and the writing of the commercials. One is where um, they're both using a bathroom in a home, but they still have to both hang on to their end of the chain. There's another one where they're um, looking down into a scary basement and one of them goes down there to get a blender or... I think it was an air... Uh, or, yeah, a yeah, corn, yeah. A popcorn popper. Popcorn popper, but they still, again, have to hang onto their chains. Um, there's a third one now, too, that we'll play here in a second. But what I was missing or whiffing on in those commercials <laughs> is, um, and this is what my friend Doug let me know after listening to the show, is that the white guy in those commercials is Mike Mitchell, uh, one of the Doughboys. Yes. Um, and the Doughboys podcast is like, they, they go to kind of kind of crappy chain restaurants and review them yeah they they uh that's exactly right they'd go to crappy chain restaurants and and review them any you know basically like fast food but also i think like applebee's and those kinds of places mm-hmm. which um, i don't know if they would agree with the do they think they're crap or do they love them well i wouldn't know because i tried to listen to an episode and it takes like an hour for them to get to the reviewing of the food and i have friends who love that show who are i mean who go to see like go to live Mm-hmm. You know, shows uh, have gone to live Doughboy uh, shows and just are absolutely devoted to it. And it is it's in some ways, you know, in the same way that like work show about commercials, you know, they're a show about food that is just uses that as a jumping off point for, uh, I guess, comedy. Mm-hmm. I don't I said I don't like, think we're doing comedy. Yeah, I don't think we're doing comedy. I think we actually stick to the, the topic at hand much more than they do. Mm-hmm. It just took like for me, it just wasn't working for it to just be like an hour of like intro before they got to the the review part, mm-hmm. which, yeah. I, which I could see that part being fun, you know? I think I listened to one episode once. We had to do a, we had to do our own promo for them on our podcast on TBTL. So I think I listened to an episode. It wasn't enough to hook me though. I think Mike Mitchell is also a member of a sketch comedy group called the Birthday Boys. Oh, that rings a bell. Okay. Yeah, they were like, they had a couple of, they had like a two season run on IFC, I think. And Bob Odenkirk was there producer he sort of discovered them hmm. um and like they came out of like the ucb world of of uh i guess sketch comedy or whatever um so i think that's 
you know, more so than him being an, a podcaster, it's his background as a comedic actor. Yeah, so this is one of those situations where you have like a, a I'm assuming, L.A.-based comedic actor who's, yeah, got a podcast that took off, but is still a working comedic actor. Right. So he's going to, so this is what you mean when you say, in some ways, the premise is yeah. a little shaky. And I'll give you a, uh, to bolster that theory, I'll, exp- I'll also say that like when I looked at a bunch of, pop, like I was like, popular podcasts, who's hosting them? Are they in commercials? I didn't even bother looking at ones that are like serious and true crimey and whatnot oh, right, because yeah. it's like those are tend to be more like reporters doing mm. it and those people are not also booking like ads for Toyota. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a reality show on um, BoJack Horseman who's doing podcasts? Are they popular and are they in commercials? <laughs> I'm pretty sure Mr. Peanut Butter hosts if that Mr. show. If Mr. Peanut Butter was going to host a show uh, about this topic, that's what it would be called. But um, I also found an ad with Paul F. Tompkins. Speaking oh, of that's that right. One. We'll get into that, too. Um, but uh, let, let me play the third installment that I know of in this progressive campaign, again, with Mike Mitchell of the Doughboys playing one of these referees who's holding one side of the chain. The chain this, crew, which I also had to look crew, up last right, week. Right, yes. Uh, this is the first one that I find it. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't even know if this is the best one, but it's the one to me that holds up the best. The joke and the premise and everything hold together. In this one, you have the two chain guys again, the chain crew, and uh, they're. It starts with one of them in a car, parallel parking, and the other one outside the car. But keep in mind, they can never relinquish (laughs) their sticks. Exactly. And they're playing on the premise of knowing exactly how many yards something is, because the one is kind of guiding the other one, you'll hear, as he's reverse parallel parking into the spot. Um, But then the physical comedy comes, the kind of visual comedy, you won't see it. But what happens is they end up on either side of the car but their chain is going through the uh, drivers and passenger side doors and they don't know how to get out of this three stooges-esque conundrum now two yards one yard (laughs) stop I think the chain's running through the whole car (laughs) that's why you got stuck do you want to like come through your door and then my door <laughs> or we could try to think of something else progressive protecting every single it's pretty good he's a good actor i have to say this is making me more likely to go back and re- try doughboys huh, again yeah uh, maybe i just didn't give it enough of a chance maybe i was maybe i i was too married to the idea that they needed to get to their um their stated purpose more quickly than they mm-hmm. were and I just need to like lean into the fact that that's that's kind of beside the point mm-hmm. but I think he, he Mike Mitchell's fantastic in these and clearly they give him the lion's share the the, the other actor kind of reacts a lot yeah he and just kind of furrows his brow he and rolls looks. his eyes and furrows his brow and whatnot but like Mike Mitchell gets the the kind of laugh lines yeah um and the next thing I want to talk about was the other commercial that I kind of referenced at the top of the show when I was saying that um, oh, when I realized Mike Mitchell or when I was told that Mike Mitchell is known as a podcaster, I thought, oh, that's like the guy from the podcast. You look nice today. They cast him in those true car commercials. And do you remember that conversation we had on the air? Yes, this would have been do. like three years ago at the very least. Yeah, I do remember. And that's kind of where I was. I I had never put a face. I had heard you look nice today. We used to listen to it. That um, was one of, our, one of our first kind of yeah um, podcasts that we were really into. You know, I like Merlin Mann. I like those guys. Um, 
and I, but you know, you, you hear their voices and you, you never put the right face to the voice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And not like this guy looks so crazy for how he sounds just like. Somehow nobody looks like how they sound. I look crazy, you guys. If you've never seen me, you oh, would yeah. never, you would not even believe what I look like. I don't think you look crazy. I mean, you have a <laughs> subtle face tattoo. A, it's very subtle. It's just, it's a dragon with the tips of its wings touching each of your ears. Yeah. Your nose kind of sticks out of its belly. Right. If you can sort of picture that. Like a nipple. Like your Dra- yeah, a dragon's nipple. Your I nose said. is like. I said, give me the dragon's nipple. It's, <laughs> Right, and they did, common. and that's what I ended right, up with. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, let's let's play this one because I mean I'm I'm still a little confused by it because the three guys and I, I always get them all confused. And I'm like the last person who should talk about this podcast because somehow I their names always elude me um, and their backgrounds always elude me. But they all came from kind of tech backgrounds, right? Is one that of right? them I believe worked for iTunes for a long time when podcasting was kind of new. I think. It could be wrong about that, but I think all of them had some sort of like creative leaning jobs in yeah. the Silicon Valley If only there was some technology tool that could answer these questions. I don't know. Us. I know. Well, I'm trying to actually, I am legit trying to like not Google everything and talk at the same time so much because <laughs> I believe there are some other podcasts that do that as well. But, um, but, and then on the show, they have a very, very, it was both a, um, a sort of stilted improv. Would you think that's a fair description of what they did? It was a this their humor. There was three guys, and there it was a pretty heavily edited show, but very dry in some ways and droll, um, but also you know hilarious and you know non scripted in them just playing off of each other. But there was a dryness to the humor, right? Yeah, I think that's right. It was almost more like it was for themselves yes. than for an audience, right? Yeah, um, almost. Almost proto McElroy brothers, only the McElroy brothers are a little bit more goofy. They let it fly a little bit more. But as far as the relationship between the three of them, do you see any parallels there? Or am I am I stretching that? You listen to the McElroys a lot more than I do. Yeah. Um, I don't know. They're all white. Yeah. They're all So, you know, white they got guys. that going for them. Yep. Yep. Um, so anyway, um, I, but you and I were watching these and talking about these true car commercials. I don't think they're still in production anymore. In fact, the one I'm going to play for you uh, last aired back in 2015, around the time we were launch- launching this podcast. And we didn't realize that the spokesperson in this true car commercial is Adam from that show and from a bunch of other things. Yeah, Adam um, Lissagor. But yeah, did we? I'm sorry if I didn't say that earlier. Yeah, Adam Lissagor. Um, but the thing is, I still don't, and all, all due respect to him, I'm. Glad he's successful. I'm glad he got this gig, but I still don't get it. I think he actually works in commercials. Oh, okay. So I was doing a little bit of research about him, um, and I think he is more. He has he has more done more work behind the camera, Mm. um, and certainly you know he's actually been a spokesperson for not only for True Car but for Century uh, Century Link, the uh, the cable company. Um, But I think it's. Sort of, he has a sort of everyman quality that he's often put into like sort of frumpy cardigans, and he's he's kind of got that everyman quality. But I also think he's just part of the industry. Yes. And so when they need someone who's like, you know, capable and knows how to wear a cardigan, they're like, oh, go to Adam. Capable and knows how to wear a cardigan. Um, and both of those things too. Both of the products that we're talking about here are kind of tech related too, right? Like True Car was kind of a disrupting technology for 
your kind of Kelly Blue Book. Isn't that what True Car is? It's kind of a buying, selling, yeah, slash it's, Kelly it, Blue Book the big, thing. The, the big pitch with True Car, which now seems so obvious, but I think really truly was an, innova- an innovation um, not too long ago, is that you find out what people pay for the car that you want to buy. So like you go down to the, the car sales lot and they tell you the price is this. You have no idea... Is that a fair price? Is that like what, you know, is that what the Joneses paid last week? And this was a way of aggregating that data and showing it to you so that you could kind of like know whether the price you were being offered was in the, you know, where it was on the bell curve, basically. So it's actually more valuable than Blue Book because Kelly Blue Book tells you what it should be if it's in a certain condition where this is saying, well, this is what is selling in the area. Right. So that's interesting. Yeah, it's funny. I've seen these commercials a million times. I still don't exactly know what they're for. But, um, you know, in in the series of commercials, Adam Lissigore as the um, spokesperson is, you know, it'll be very straightforward when I play it. He's just telling you, you know, why you should um, sign up for the service. But there's a stilted quality to him where I still watch this. And even now knowing that he's somebody that in certain circles people know who he is, um, I still feel like I'm missing the joke of these commercials because he's so stiff that I feel like it's almost like I'm not in the know, sort of, like why it's funny to cast him. But I, I don't, I guess I'm just overthinking I it. I think you are. I just, I don't think there's a joke here. He's just, it's just such a weird decision to make him the spokesperson. Let's take a listen. He has that cardigan already. It was already no, in that, his closet. That is true. I mean, and maybe it's just because he's the boss. He's the director and he writes out like the casting call yeah. sheet and he describes somebody who looks exactly like him <laughs> with his wardrobe. I don't know that he directed these. I just know that he has directed yeah. them. I'm about to buy a new car. I've done the research and selected the options. Now there's just one last thing to do. Check with True Car. Like, doesn't he almost sound like... He almost sounds a little nervous or, I don't know, it doesn't sound like a spokesperson, which maybe that's good, but he also just sort of sounds like, um, it's almost gives me like a a real people, not actors vibe. Well, the the pitch of True Car is that it is a, it's very much an everyman product, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's usable by someone who's not technical, it. Uh, it explicitly positions you within, like, you know, wh- where do you, where are you in comparison to your neighbors? Basically, I mean, maybe that's just the vibe they want. I really like your your bafflement over this is uh, is baffling to me. Really, yes. you just see but it's so funny. I mean, if you go back to our show in 2015, we're on the exact same page that it's such a weird casting. But now that we know, oh, he's famous for being a podcast. I think I've just seen camera. them enough yeah. now that like it just looks normal to me. Uh. I'm about to buy a new car. I've done the research and selected the options. Now there's just one last thing to do. Check with True Car. Car prices change all the time for all kinds of reasons. But True Car pulls in the latest, most accurate data so I can be sure if I'm getting a great price. No hassles, no headaches. Just the car you want at a price you're confident about. This is the way car buying was always meant to be. This is True Car. So affectless. So strange. Yeah, I guess so. It is. It's very straightforward. Uh, let's take a listen to him in the CenturyLink commercial, which I don't think I've seen. He's um, behind a grill, presumably in his backyard, but he's got a TV set up next to him. Yeah. So CenturyLink. This is the, this campaign is now um, probably five or six years old. Um, but the campaign that CenturyLink was doing was you'd have a like a an average user of the product ask a question like, you know. Do I need this much internet speed or 
can I get my cable and my television and my, you know, my cable and my internet bundled together? And they would. Can you? Can you? Can you not? Can you not? Yeah. Can I get rid of a landline I don't need so I can get rid of the triple play package? That would be a great question to ask here, but no one did. Can somebody give me, will somebody pick up the goddamn phone? The answer's a firm no on that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We we had a bad week uh, vis-a-vis. That was Xfinity. Xfinity. To be fair. Um, oh, I'm, I'm sure direct, well, we didn't tell, we were like, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to see what CenturyLink's got. Yeah. So anyway, the, the, the random person asks this question and then cut to, uh, our friend Adam and he explains it in some sort of skit based presentation. The sad thing is, is I probably would like to be Adam's friend, but if you ever heard this show, I, I don't know. Think- I think that ship has really sailed. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Adam. I heard CenturyLink is good for internet, but do they do TV? Yeah, they do. It's called DirecTV. People love it, especially people who love sports, <laughs> love movies, it. cooking shows, you know, things that are on TV. See, now this one, they're really leaning into making him awkward. And the other one, he's just he's very sort flat. of awkward he has, His affect is, I think, intentionally flat. But in this one, they're making him awkward on purpose. He's got a very dead stare yeah. in this one, and he's stumbling it's around a little bit. also hilariously a, vid- a, a documentary about meerkats on just behind him for <laughs> yeah. no reason. Let me tell you how I got it. I picked up the phone, and I called CenturyLink. And I said, I want direct TV service, and I want CenturyLink high-speed internet, and I want it all for less than 50 bucks a month. I figured I should be direct. And then this woman who kind of sounded like my cousin Stacy said, Sure, you can get the direct TV choice package, including CenturyLink internet, for only $45 a month for a whole year. It comes with HBO. Star- I like what they're doing here is um, they cut to a woman in a, you know, in a cubicle situation with a headset on, and she's doing like the drunk, the drunk history lip syncing while he keeps on quoting right. her. Showtime and Cinemax free for three months. And I love all that stuff. So now I have really great TV, super fast internet, and still just one bill. All I had to do was call CenturyLink like this. Never mind. You know how to make a phone call. Get the direct TV. See, that back. one makes more sense to me. He's clearly playing awkward man there. The other one, I feel like, splits the middle too much. Yeah, I mean, like, this one has more jokes written into it. And mm-hmm. so the fact that he's doing jokes with, with zero affect, I think, is clear. It feels intentional in that way. Um, I laughed out loud when he said, now I just get one bill. It's like, yeah, it's not that hard to get things in one bill. Yeah. The problem is that the bill is a million dollars. Yes, and a million pages. Um, but uh, And if there's a problem with it, you cannot get anybody on the phone to explain why yeah, again, suddenly we had a rough week. $30 more. Um, <laughs> when my buddy said, hey, that guy's a podcaster in the commercial, I said, oh, there's another guy uh, in, who's a podcaster in commercials, uh, the Andy Daly guy in the True Car. No, it's Adam Lissigore who's in True Car. Andy Daly's in something that is almost exactly the same, as far as I can tell, called CarMax. Correct. So, and I also, now listen, Andy Daly is a famous comedian. He's been in movies he's, he's had his TV own shows, show yeah but uh, you know i do think of him as being a pretty and this is just my myopic view of the world but um because i uh listen to so much um comedy bang bang with scott Ackerman, he's a regular uh guest on that show and he that show is completely based on or mostly based on improv performances and people playing absurd characters and over the years andy daly has played dozens of absurd characters on uh comedy bang bang and um 
on the same network, which is the Earwolf network, he ended up making a spin-off podcast of his own where he kind of takes a bunch of those characters that he'd already sort of developed for Scott's show, and then he breaks them out and, and um, says, what would it be like if this character had their own podcast? And to do that, it's called the Podcast Pilot Project. So mm-hmm. he does like a cowboy poet character. Right. And so he creates a pilot of what that character's podcast would be i listened to the initial one of that show and i think and it kind of didn't grab me and i i already listened to so many podcasts that it really has to get me for me mm-hmm. to work it into the rotation because i'm always a little bit behind anyway and the ones that i actually am committed to that's the big thing huh who's yeah. gonna break into who our can break habits in now, yeah. i know so breaking in is hard and i also think every podcast bent would benefit if you Almost every podcast, unless it's like serial or something. Most episodic comedy podcasts are better if you listen to episode 50 than if you listen to episode one. Yeah. I sh- any. I mean, I shudder to think of people going back and listening to episode one or even episode 25 of this show. I agree. And I hope you didn't, unless you've been with us from the start. If you if you joined midstream, I hope you started midstream because I really, I, I could consider taking down like the first 15 Have you so. gone back and listened and I you know they're bad? I can't even bear you to. You just think they're bad. I, I'm confident that they're bad. I'm confident that there are some pretty, um, that there's some bad takes in them. Hmm. Like I just don't want anyone to hear them. But it, my my completion, the completionist in me, can't bear to break up the set. You know. The funny thing is, is I also have that feeling, but I just don't think that problem lies with you. And I mean, listen, we're all insecure in our own ways. But like, I think if we go back to the very beginning of after these messages, I will especially sound super stiff and unsure, and even. Frankly, I launched another podcast with my friend Hannah, what, two years ago. And even then, even though I'd been doing After These Messages with you for so long, like I still sound stiff and unsure. Well, the chemistry is always different. It's chemistry and just kind of muscle memory of saying certain things and also knowing when to fire this audio and your brain is doing a bunch. So if we went back to those first episodes of After These Messages, I do think that they would be worse. And I do think they are worse. But I think that's mostly because of me uh, kind of sitting in the lead chair and just being awkward. But I don't think that – I mean, you have probably found more comfort behind a microphone in the past five years, I would guess. But I don't ever remember you seeming sheepish or um, unsure. I just I worry that, that it's the opposite problem. Really? That uh, you're too, too bombastic? Too confident or too bombastic. Really? Yeah. Huh. Because I was just thinking back. Like, I think episode Sheepishness two... has not really ever yeah. been a, a problem for me. Huh. Yeah, I just, I think back, like, you know, pretty early on, we realized, hey, let's get some friends on the show. And I remember having our friend, the Ace of Mace Mason on the show. That's how he got that nickname that everybody calls him (laughs) by, in fact. And, you know, like, I think we had a lot of laughs. Yeah, I, you know, it's not that I regret. I mean, you have to do one, you have, if you're going to do 10 things, you have to do one of them first. But like, I just, I, I shudder to think about how bad they sound. Mm -hmm. And I hope that people who are picking this show up later in its run are starting either current shows or mid you know mid roll what if we hear from somebody who says actually your earlier shows are a lot better than what you're doing now guys would that hurt your feelings um i don't know if it would hurt my feelings i mean you know Everyone's mileage can vary, but I just would be extremely surprised. Yeah, me too. Back to Andy Daly. So these are for (laughs) CarMax and um, kind of similar to the True Car ones. They take place 
in a used car parking lot. Andy Daly is uh, playing just like a very spokesman-y kind of guy, only he always brings in some of his absurd style of comedy. In fact, Vives, we were talking about confidence a moment ago. That is the theme of this commercial, confidence. And he is walking through the used car lot, uh, talking directly to us, talking directly to the camera. When you buy a used car, you should feel confident. That's why CarMax has over 40,000 cars to choose from nationwide, with prices clearly marked the same online as they are in the stores. That should give you some car buying confidence, the type of confidence you need to wear white after Labor Day. Now he just peels away his breakaway jeans to reveal white pants underneath them. The type of confidence to suddenly switch to an English accent for no reason whatsoever. Yep, at CarMax, it's all about confidence. Now somebody has thrown him a basketball from off screen. We see behind him is a temporary uh, basketball hoop, and he is about to take a shot behind his back without looking at the basketball hoop. Nothing but net. Nailed it. Or should I say, nailed it, governor. <laughs> of course, the ball went nowhere even near the net at all. He's a delight. You know, he I was watching I'm rewatching The Good Place and he has a um like a one episode character role that he plays. Um, I don't know if I remember that. Yeah, he plays the um uh the husband of uh, of uh, Eleanor's mom. Oh, yes. Oh my gosh, can I just play, uh, you know, I have a, of course I remember this. I know I do this too much. Can I play my sure. little favorite piece of tape from that? Please. Um, let's see here. So, <laughs> hold on, I got to find this in my, uh, in my library here. Um, so, uh, if I can set the, I don't even know if I do need to set this up, um, but this is, He's dating Eleanor's mom. At yeah, this they're point. Li- they're they're in a relationship. That's yeah. right. And so Eleanor and uh, Ted Danson's Michael. character Michael. I was going to get there. Clearly, I wasn't struggling at all. <laughs> are sitting down. So there are four of them are in a room together. So how did you two love rats meet? Oh, it's a fun story. I was working on this project tearing down a condemned bar called the Desert Rash. I went in to meet with the contractors, and Diana is sitting at the bar drinking a seven and seven and seven. Seven shots of Seagram seven in seven minutes. It's Diana's morning drink. Oh, that's right. It was very early in the morning. (laughs) Well, this little spitfire finds out it's me who's closing down the bar. Next thing I know, she's got a knife to my face. (laughs) I would have been scared if she hadn't been the most gorgeous thing I've ever seen in my life. One thing leads to another, and all of a sudden, we're playing tonsil tennis on a broken toilet in the alley out back. Cute. So how did you and Eleanor become friends? Well, let's just say that we lived in the same neighborhood. Oh, (laughs) what a fun way to say a normal thing. (laughs) (laughs) That line, what a fun way to say a normal thing goes through my head. He's wonderful. He's so good. Let me play one more. He often plays like... I mean, in that case, he's very benign. Um, his sort of his his cheer, his cheer his his, uh, his sort of unflappable, unflappable yeah. cheerfulness is benign. Yeah. Sometimes uh-huh. he plays that unflappable cheerfulness for like sociopathy. In that show, no, no, or in like, other like characters. as in yeah. other characters. Um, I did not like these Carmax commercials when they first came out because I think he's a very funny man, and maybe I had high expectations. Um, but I remember when this campaign was new, thinking that the jokes really kind of fell flat. But I got a real guffaw um, at the uh, confidence commercial that we <laughs> just heard. Guffaw alert! Yes. Why is it not guffaw out loud? What if our like everything about our culture was the same, but it was goal instead of lol? Oh, good thought. 
loud. I was like, I didn't know where you, I didn't know where you were go- like what yeah. you meant by that. I see gold instead of lol. <laughs> I mean, were. it's not too late. <laughs> I think the internet is. is comparatively young. In this uh, commercial, we start with kind of a close up of Andy Daly, and again, we see him in the used car lot uh, with a CarMax sign behind him. At CarMax, we'll buy your car even if you don't buy one from us. Because maybe you're already buying a car somewhere else, or maybe you want to shop around, or maybe you don't want to drive a car at all anymore. Like maybe you want to ride a camel into the desert and take a deep, hard look within. <laughs> now the camera starts to <laughs> uh, pull back, and we see that he is uh, sitting on a camel. Just figure some stuff out for a while. That's cool. Whatever your plans for buying a car, CarMax is the place to sell your car. Okay, let's do this, Tina. Here we go. I believe in you, Tina. Come on now. Is the camel's name Tina? Is he saying Tina? The camel's name is Tina. It's pretty good. I, I like both of those commercials, and I think I hadn't seen them in a while, and I think I wrote them off pretty early in their life. Let me ask you this, if you think this is a, if you think this is a good theory. That felt to me, like, doesn't it feel like, you know, in, in like local car commercials, there was always some local person who was, you know, had a million car lots and was famous for doing. I mean, we have one here in Seattle. I can't think of his name. We've talked about him before. But every region has their their crazy Larrys, mm. deals too good to be believed. Interesting. Yeah. And, you know, like he's sitting on an elephant or he's sitting on a camel. And I almost wonder if there's like a little echo of that in that. I mean, obviously that's not the vibe of that ad, mm-hmm. but like. To have him sitting in a car lot of used cars on a camel, I almost wonder if it's sort of a little homage to a, yeah. to a, to a bygone era. I get the impression that this uh, particular commercial was a little bit later in the campaign, but I almost wonder. I almost <laughs> wonder if um, that was part of the original pitch. Just have a kind of. Yeah. You know, wacky guy in the used car lot. Right, yeah. I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong or I'm overthinking it, but that's the name of this game. So um, speaking of podcasters, um, there are two people who your podcast isn't really a podcast until they've been on your podcast, right? John Hodgman is one of them and Paul F. Tompkins is the other. Absolutely. Um, so let's start with Hodgman here. Now, of course, he was in um, commercials famously. He created one of the most famous commercial characters, I would say, of the early 2000s. Um, and this was before people were really talking much about podcasts. And these are the I'm a PC, I'm a Mac commercials. Right. right with um, Justin Long as the right. cool Mac guy. Was Justin Long a, a known name before those commercials? Because I still don't know who he is. So some, to someone, he's not a known name. To me. To you. Well, but I don't know who. No, any, I'm I, bad with celebs. I think that Justin Long was getting his start when those ads came out. I actually think that they jump-started his career. Uh, of which he did have, you know, uh, I guess I guess has one. I'm yeah, a- he's got a TV. I Googled him before the show. He's got a TV <laughs> show that unlike Disney Plus, he's not still he's airing. not a list like Dennis Quaid. Right, put it right, that way. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I think that the those Mac ads uh, jump started his career a little bit. That he is more famous because of them than he was before them. Is he more famous than John Hodgman? Like I know John Hodgman well, that but that's because I listen to podcasts all the time. A great question. I think that gets into a really interesting question about fame generally, which is. The nature of fame is like every other type of media and thing we can information we consume, which is it's become more um, micro targeted, mm-hmm. right? Like there are people who are super famous to us, who we pay money to go see and who we you know we admire and we know we know a lot about them, and you know my 
parents have never heard of them. Um, and the same is true for us and like people who are so famous on YouTube who we couldn't, you know, we couldn't, we have no, we would never heard their names, mm-hmm. some of them, you know? Yeah. I mean, Hodgman's last book, and he actually was on TBTL talking about this, what, like a year ago, um, was about him. His whole book was about being on the the downhill slide of fame. Right. He said, like, whatever fame I had, it, it peaked. I mean, yes. I, I, I now, was I, known on mostly the from slope. these commercials, yeah. I think, was the main sort of like if you were to just talk, you know pull anybody in America and be like, I'm, again, like 10 years ago, you'd be like, I'm I'm the PC guy, right? They would know him from that. Um, but, of course, he was on a lot of TV shows around that time, too, making um, – uh, appearances like I'm thinking of Flight of the Concords and other things like that. I mean, he um, was in he, he John Hodgman had minor roles in big things, right? He was mm-hmm. the doctor in Baby Mama. Oh yeah, okay, but good. Justin yes, Long. Right, right. I mean, not to not that we're just talking right. about the two of them, but like Justin Long headlined movies. Okay, he headlined movies. Yeah, he was the lead in some romantic comedies, mm-hmm. I think, okay. and a very terrible movie by. Um, Oh, what's that dude? You know, Clerks and just uh, uh, Kevin Smith. Oh yeah, he made a very terrible movie called Tusk, in which it's a horror movie. Oh yeah, he's in that about a a man who is sort of it's sort of like a human centipede, except instead of becoming a human centipede, you be, he's turned into a, a human walrus. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to be kind of dark it's comedy. Dark comedy, but it's like emphasis on the, on dark. the dark. Yeah, I yeah. remember that coming out. So you I fell down that, a huh? walrus rabbit. I fell down a tusk rabbit hole once. Did you watch the movie? I've seen parts of so it. So you didn't go that far it's, down the rabbit hole to it's gross watch as, the product. It's gross as hell. Really, it's gross. Yeah, it's oh, gross. yeah, I have no desire to see that. Then. Um... And so, uh, yeah, you would. Um, I can't emphasize this enough. You would not enjoy. Oh, it. I see. He's just kind of in that Kevin Smith thing now because last year he was in Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Um, he's just not. He's just not that into you. In two thousand nine, was he the lead in that? Well, then I guess that does make him more famous than Hodgman. Hodgman to me, though, because I'm not watching movies like these. But every time I turn on a podcast, I hear Hodgman, or I know, or I listen to Judge John Hodgman or his own podcast. So um, it's funny. Like Justin Long, I would literally not be able to pick him out of a crowd. You couldn't pick Justin Long out of a crowd. I could not. I also have a bit of face blindness, but no, I've never really seen him in anything except for those commercials. Speaking of, that's what we're on now. So not only um, is Hodgman known for those uh, I'm a PC, I'm a Mac commercials, there's been kind of a reboot of them you you discovered? Well, I want to give credit to uh, Michelle. uh, Michelle? Um, Michelle! Michelle. Thank you, Michelle, who put this on the Facebook uh, group. Uh, This also uh, popped up on my feed in a few places. Um, it, this wasn't really a commercial so much as Apple's doing like a big release of their newest Mac. Um, I guess it's called the M1. Oh, yeah. And so they kind of like as a at the tail end of their announcement I in the COVID era, I don't know what that means. Like if there was an event or if it was like all digital or virtual was or whatever. Was this today or was this the one from a few weeks ago? Because I think Apple had a thing today didn't they i i don't know when this when this popped up but they had this little video that they hired john hodgman to make where they where he reprised his um his performance as the pc no justin long yeah. so i always think it's hilarious that hodgman it was hodgman who was the star of those and who has who's who is more remembered for them because of his talent and as a comedic performer and because he's the heel, mm-hmm. right? Because his character is the heel. And so you so you have Apple 
lionizing the character who plays the PC. Right, you exactly. Know, it's just yeah. ironic. Um, by the way, yeah, no, this is hot off the press's news, my friend. This was today's Apple event. That's why They're... I always say we're the number one current events commercial <laughs> right. podcast. Aren't you glad we didn't pre-tape this week? <laughs> um, it was called their One More Thing hardware event, which I appreciate that as a Columbo fan. Um <laughs> And uh, and so they've brought him back. And so there's no Justin Long in sight here. This is just him goofing in front of that, you know, classic plain white background. Let's take a listen to this. Uh, wait, 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 stop. Hang on. Wait. Uh, one more thing. Hi. I'm FEC. Is there time for questions? Good, because I have one. Why? Why? Why make all these advancements? What's the point? Right? Oh, you're so... Quiet now. Look, I'm a machine. I'm proud of it. That's my fan. Longer That's battery life. Fan. Plug it in. Where are you going? Just plug it in. Fast. Where are you, where are you I'm going? fast. I'm still fast. Check it out. Still got it. He's doing an imitation of running it. that is hilarious. I've always been there. I always will be. Fast. Okay. My battery's drained. I gotta go plug in. Good luck. Woo! Outlet! <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good performance. It's a great performance. I didn't think I really missed that, but I did. I got to go plug in. Why not? Where are you going? <laughs> yeah, where are you going? <laughs> Just plug it in. Just plug it in. Where are you going? Um, that's fantastic. And again, very He's timely. He's a delight. Now, the other person who... <laughs> one of my favorite jokes on a podcast was... It was one of, you know, again, I listened to Comedy Bang Bang, which is the flagship show of the Earwolf Network. And often, because I'm like, I pay for the premium subscription of that, I now have access to all of their spinoffs and everything, which I hardly ever take advantage of. But I'll, I'll always, you know, just give one quick spin, you know. And one of them, I don't remember what the podcast was, but it was just launching about a year ago. And their very first guest was Paul F. Tompkins, because of course. Of course it was. I know. You know? And the host, it's how you know you're a podcast. And I never caught up with that podcast. Like, or I didn't stay with it. But I remember the host, the Paul F. Tompkins. Well, you know, you're our very first guest on the show. And he just interrupted and said, of course I am. This is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so great. Um, and in this commercial that you found, he's advertising a comedy network that is no longer with us. I He's advertising CISO, which... I didn't pay any money for, so who am I to who am I to shed a tear? But um, we've mentioned the McElroy brothers earlier. The my brother, my brother, and me podcasters, among many other properties that they helm, and they did a show that they got a show like a TV show that was picked, you know, on this little new scrappy internet TV. <laughs> Network. Yeah. Which was, I didn't even realize. I thought it was small and scrappy, but it was an NBC property. I didn't realize well, that. Well, just because something, having, I, I can tell you, sometimes just because something's owned by a big thing doesn't mm. mean they have the money of the yeah, big sure, thing. In sure. fact, often they are intentionally starved to make them be innovative and scrappy. Um, or because, you know, an NBC, you know, they didn't get rich by throwing a bunch of money away. Mm, right. So CISO was started, and I think the intention was always to create shows with independent um you know unconventional creators like the like podcasters right Mm -hmm. like sort of like self-started podcasters i somehow so so the mcelroy brothers mabim bam made a show that had like six episodes or something it you know i think that i forget which tanked first like their show or the network i think basically they both went down together 
But I eventually got some, found some like janky way to watch those. Six oh, episodes. fell off the back of a fell off the back of an fell internet. Off, fell off the back of an internet. Yeah, I'll admit it. And um, yet it didn't stay in existence because it wasn't getting the support it needed financially <laughs> from yeah, viewers I, like you. I get it. I get it. But I gotta say, like that show was very funny. But it was very unconventional. And so I'm not sure if it would have found a mass audience. Mm -hmm. But I've always had like a little soft spot for CISO purely because they took a chance on this thing that I that like to me was special and and funny and and like unlike anything else. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember the name of their show, but Rhea Butcher Mm -hmm. and their then spouse Cameron Esposito had a show on it. I think I think so. I don't oh, know what the current status is. I, but a couple of years ago, I believe they sent out a, a some sort of a message just saying, you know, we've, we're going our own way. I assume oh, that's still the case. Um, and the only reason I bring that up is because this commercial begins with just like kind of a camera focused on a TV where we see Raya Butcher in a scene with um, with I think Paul F. Tompkins, and then you'll hear one quick exchange. And then we'll back out and we see Paul F. Tompkins kind of sitting professorially in like a den talking to us. And he's very made up. He doesn't look like himself. Like he's got gray hair, Mm -hmm. a full beard, uh, a three piece like plaid tweed suit. Like Andrew said, like like professorial turned up to 11. Yeah. Like it's almost like a masterpiece theater kind of set. You got like a, a bust of somebody in the background and a book with a reading light. I don't have my own stand-up career, and I don't have any savings. We're comics. We don't have savings. We have fun outfits. Did you think that was funny? It's okay. Enjoying CISO's brand of comedy means you have a special brain that gets medieval animated improv and fake reality shows. You get that sadness is British comedy's secret sauce. Mm. So stop waiting for the comedy you crave to magically appear and start streaming CISO. You get it. Stream the original comedy you crave. Start your free trial at CISO.com. It was uh, only $4 a month, y'all. It's $4 a month. And I didn't pay it because I'm a jerk. Because you're a jerk and now it's no longer around. Um, I'm r- sorry, everyone on CISO. When Quibi, and we've talked about Quibi on this show. If not, we've talked about it on a lot of other shows. You can figure out what Quibi is. I'm going to assume that our audience knows what Kib- Quibi is and that it just went down <laughs> recently. Um, after yeah, it's a, a very, toothbrush. And uh, there, were a <laughs> there were a lot of... Um, there are, of course, a lot of people online making fun of the whole failed Quibi experience. And Rhea Butcher, who, of course, had a show on yeah. CISO. So did Ron had the best <laughs> Had the best tweet about it. Did I already tell you no, about this? No, what was it? They tweeted out, um, huh, Quibi didn't even last a CISO. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I did see that. Oh, and of course, we've talked about Quibi so much on this show because I think one of the their their big unveiling commercial was a Super Bowl commercial that made no sense. Yes. It's one As of my we said biggest at the pet time, peeves of commercials. It is that missed the whole point. Their commercial, <laughs> like the deliver or the getaway van driver, was going to be late because he was watching a Quibi. When the whole selling point of Quibi is they're supposed to be short bites of content that don't get in the way of your life. Exactly. Ah! Jeffrey Katzberg, I'm so you dummy. Mad. Anyway, there's Paul F. Tompkins. What else we got? Well, this one is an ad for Sunoco. And this sort of, again, fits into our premise in a way. In another way, it doesn't. Um, it stars Gareth Reynolds. Um, he is one of the, he's one half of the dollop 
podcast. I don't know if you have ever I've listened to that. Heard of it? I listened to. Do we dollop. have a friend who is highly recommending it to us? Yes, we do have a friend who loves the dollop. Many people love the dollop. Many people are saying the dollop is a very good mm-hmm. show. I actually gave it a shot. Um, I, it's the kind of thing that appeals to me, um, content wise. It's sort of like you have two people, Gareth uh, Reynolds and um, uh, Dave Anthony, kind of explaining or one one of them explains a weird or peculiar episode from history to the other one so you have kind of like the kind of, it's in some ways it reminds me of um drunk um, history well omnibus oh, with, oh the, yeah. with john roderick and ken jennings yeah. where like you have in that case like two extremely smart people kind of explaining a story to each other but often it's like one person is kind of doing the interrogation while the other person is doing the explanation. Mm-hmm. Dollop is like that. It's like they pick like super weird episodes from history and they kind of unpack them and make jokes about them. I just had a hard time getting into it, but I, it's the kind of thing where like people love it and I, it, I should probably give it another shot. So um, Gareth Reynolds is one half of that show, but before he was in the dollop, which I think started in 2014, he was in the Sunoco commercial with race car driver Tony Stewart. And so this is just, again, like one of those things where I was saying that the premise is that it's not that he got this job because he was in the podcast because this ad was made before the podcast was right, ever started. Right. So it's just one of those things where you have comedic actors and comics in L.A. and, and its environs who are getting cast in commercials where they have to do sort of comedic style roles. Sure, and sure. then they also eventually start a podcast as is legally required right 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 uh yeah but i still think i like it i think this was an interesting window into some of these careers that some of these uh, people got most famous from their podcasts other people um were seeing them before you know before they were known entities and commercials um and so in this one you have tony stewart the race car driver uh and garth reynolds and i think we get gareth gareth sorry and then we see him in a car together but they're going to the grocery store and then they um, create havoc in the grocery store. Store. They're racing their carts around. They're climbing on shelves. They are throwing things around the store. And they're just, again, creating general havoc, right? Yep. Sure, babe. I'll stop and pick up some groceries. That cool with you, Tony Stewart? Oh, yeah. Did uh, somebody call number 20? Pit stuff. Hey, Tony, I think I'm running a little loose. Okay, now this is kind of interesting. He's pushing the grocery cart, Gareth Reynolds is, and his wheel is doing that grocery cart, that bad wheel thing where it's kind of flipping out on him. <laughs> so don't they create a full uh, pit crew here, a little pit stop where uh, Tony Stewart is now using the whoop, whoop gun to, re- to replace or repair the wheel. I think I'm running a little loose. <laughs> Come on, man, we're losing time. <laughs> does this all the time. Okay, maybe you can't take Tony Stewart to the grocery store, but you can take his fuel. Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. Yeah, I'll pick some up. Oh, at the end, that's right. The men are scared to buy tampons. There's a really bad button on this ad, which is that Gareth Reynolds is on the phone with presumably his wife. She says, pick something up, and then he makes Tony Stewart like gingerly pick a box of tampons off of the um, off of the shelf, and they both grimace, and they both grimace, which is because new tampons are gross. Uh, yeah, like it's funny to me that this is made in two thousand eight, or at least that's when it was posted to YouTube. I don't know when. And they- for and this was made for a race car audience. It was, um, but let's hope even the race car driving audiences can 
all wrap their minds around picking up a box of tampons in the... I don't think they can. I I choose to give them the credit that they can. That's the NASCAR a, Nation? That I believe NASCAR Nation can handle tampon, a box of tampons and that that is the... That we're all going to start healing mm, based on that. I see. Yeah. I'm not a tampon or a maxi pad. I'm an American. <laughs> like that's, I feel like Luke made a joke similar to that on TVTL today, and I'm just stealing it for the record. Um, so one more to go on our podcast list here. And actually, actually, how do we do this? This is our first woman. Well, I think that's very representative of podcasting. <laughs> and all of these people have been white. They've all been white. I looked. I specifically went looking for non-white podcasters mm. who would who would fit the bill here. There are, of course, many non-white podcasters. There are very well. There were zero of them that I could find to have done any commercial work. Huh, interesting. Well, this one has Busy Phillips. Now, I know her as kind of like an LA mainstay, sort of. I, in fact, it sort of seems like. I don't know if she's a household name or not, but I almost feel like she's getting more and more popular kind of the older she gets. You know, I, am I, I wrong about that? No, I think you're actually right. You you Google Busy Phillips. I mean, she's always getting like New York Times profiles and you're like, but for what mm. exactly? I mean, she seems like a very interesting person. She sort of seems like the, a comedian's comedian, sort of like she's in all of those circles and people seem to really love her. What you all with the first line of any profile of her that you read will talk about her social media prowess. Oh, really? And how she's parlayed it into various empires. Oh, I had no idea about that. She's had a lot of acting work. I actually mm. first became aware of her because I was a Dawson's Creek fan. Oh, okay. And she was like a late addition, late season addition uh, on that show. Um, but she was in, she's been in a ton of things. Like, I want to say she was in Cougar Town, which I never watched, but um, she's been in, she, she shows up in a lot of places, but mostly what she's good at is staying relevant. Okay, gotcha. And social media, I mean, she really understands how to, has had, understands how to leverage it. And so the article that was just in the New York Times kind of earlier this year about her was that she is leveraging her social media empire to become a podcaster called Busy Phillips is doing okay, I think. Oh, okay. Something and like that. Wasn't she also in one of your movie podcasts? Was she in How Did This Get Made? Is she a regular character on there or a regular uh, guest? Or maybe I'm making that it up. It wouldn't surprise me that she, if, to find out she's been on that. She's not like Rob Hubel or one of those people who like routinely shows up. Oh, okay. Um, I this is a weird thing, but I think that like I'd known her, I'd seen her around. She was in was she in Busy Freak- Phillips is doing her best. Excuse oh, okay. me. Okay, uh, Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, uh, she was in she Freaks was and in, Geeks. But I don't think I knew her name then. I didn't really know her name until I was like in L.A. and the host of the show I worked on was friends with this guy Jason Nash, who was famous for various comedic endeavors. But uh, at the time, he was really big on Vine. Remember Vine? Sure. That kind of. Uh, pre-TikTok video service. Of course I do. Um, and he was really taking advantage of the medium on Vine and kind of defining the space a little bit. And then I think he made some pilot TV show um, and she played the wife of Jason Nash or something. Uh-huh. And I remember being like, oh, I've seen her around. Her name's, yeah. oh, Busy Phillips. And then first, I mean, I don't know why I'm saying that there's nothing interesting about it, but it's such a weird thing that like that's what got her to stick in my brain is this guy whose name I usually can't ever remember now. She played his wife. And well, some... I actually think that it's very telling because we both have these weird sort of like quasi random entry points into her, her oeuvre, you know, uh-huh. like, but I think that's how her career has worked that like, she has done so much stuff in so many weird little corners 
that and many of them aren't corners i mean these are like you know mainstream places but she's usually not the star of that or hasn't been but everyone knows her from something Mm -hmm. and i think she has now kind of it's sort of um coalesced into you know she's extremely good at social media has a huge following there and now she has this podcast which is like sort of surviving during during covid and she has like her her celebrity pals um on her show and they and they chit chat Mm -hmm. um but she also i'm sure you have seen these if you're watching any if you've watched any tv i don't think they're on anymore but they were on for years um these old navy ads She's also been the Olay spokesperson. I was going to say, she's in some sort of uh, skincare. Yeah, she's been in Olay. And then Olay had a big Super Bowl ad, I think, uh, this year where, like, it was, I, we thought it was pretty dumb, I think, like, uh, her and a real astronaut and then, like, oh, yeah, some other so same famous lady in Taraji P. Henderson um, were, like, an all-lady NASA, basically. Which is not a... It wasn't necessarily a bad premise, but just didn't know what it was doing. It didn't it was know what so it was doing. Dumb. And I actually felt it was really kind of patronizing. Yeah. Like... You, it was, it was, and it was like advertising a hashtag. Once, once it's like built around a hashtag, yeah, it's and it's also like bad. your skincare, Olay, like, yeah, settle down, keep it grounded. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but I do think Old Navy, Old Navy, of course, uh, has a long and and I think glorious history of finding interesting, famous people, quirky, famous people. I mean, you know, I think Julia Louis-Dreyfus has been one of theirs. Um, before Veep, sort of? or I can't remember if it was during or before Veep, but but they, they pick interesting, famous people and have them do, like, little... Uh, Amy Poehler, I think, has done Old Navy. Who's the old lady with the big-ass glasses? Um, yeah, that lady. Yeah. Um, but this is Busy Phillips uh, doing Old Navy jeans. And this is um, this is an extended version of the ad that we saw in pretty heavy rotation a few years ago um, where she's about to she's in the bathroom. She's about to go out to her high, her high school reunion and she's kind of psyching herself up in the mirror. OK, 20th reunion. And I look good. These new high rise slim straights are it. Take that, Jane Feinberg. Take what? Jane! I was saying how you should have won Best Dressed. Oh, I did. And I still am. These high-rise rock stars keep me tucked and tight. You know, Jane, you haven't changed at all. I see you're still a weirdo. Made a whole career of it, babe. Hurry in. All jeans are 50% off. Then That's she does her little weird dance jeans. at the end. Now at Old Navy. Still got it. Hmm. <laughs> I, I think... don't know. That doesn't do a lot for me, but I'm not the target audience. I I actually think Jane Feinberg does an amazing job in yeah. that. I love I love this mean girl bitchy thing she's uh-huh. got going on. I see you're still a weirdo. Now that's not somebody I'm supposed to know, right? I, I don't recognize the okay, actress, I but I I sure. know her from this ad. You could have lied to me. I would have never known the difference. I know she she's very famous. She's an A lister. Oh, I knew I recognized. Her. <laughs> Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. All right, Viv, uh, <laughs> this is the part I've been waiting for. I mentioned at the top of the show that we have a listener who discovered a treasure trove of fan fiction. Here, take a listen to this. I will toss it to Emily. Hi, this is Emily from Minnesota, and I just saw something on TikTok that I had to share. So it turns out that there are. 46 fanfics on Archive of Our Own, also known as AO3, dedicated to the Folgers Home for the Holidays incest commercial. (gasps) 
I have not read them. <laughs> I can't quite bring myself to do that, but I did confirm that they are there. Um, and just because I'm already here, bonus jingle time. The best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. Good pipes. Wow, yes. And Emily, I that would was, say, um, right? That was amazing. Thank you, Emily. And that is a disgusting. Now, I did, I got, I got hazard pay for this. I, got I hope so. Hazard hay for this. <laughs> I, um, I went in, I didn't read any of the actual stories because I didn't have time. I will be reading them later. I, <laughs> not even to talk about on the show just because I want to um, but they have little descriptions so when you look it up you can click on a once you find one you can kind of click on it and it'll show you all 46 others and I want to read to you some of the um, some of the descriptions Do here. we now, need some sort of trigger warning or no PG, I think this PG is this will be fine but um, so for folks who are not familiar with fanfic of course it's when you take your characters from whatever your your favorite TV show movie comic book whatever it is and then you write often sexually charged not not always, but often, typically, typically sexually yeah. charged um, Exploring stories. Exploring a, a, a sexuality that was not in the ur text. Yes, and and then often, sometimes they will kind of they will do uh, kind of um, crossovers, right? Like not all of these were stories either. One of them was like a crossover between somebody who took a bunch. They did a, a mood board uh, that was based on the Folgers commercial and Jamie and Cersei Lannister's incestuous relationship, and they just built a mood board around it. So that's okay. one of the forty-six right there. So not all of these are crossovers, but okay. Here's the first description. Someday, maybe they'll be able to go somewhere nobody will recognize them. But for now. A discreet trip to a cafe some towns away would do. God, like they still all keep, fanfic sounds alike. Still keeping it to the coffee vibe, though. They have to go to a cafe. I love it. <laughs> um, she was like a coffee bean. Bitter, roasty, toasty, but even better... She was instant. Yeah, I don't even. Yeah, I'm not even entirely sure if I follow her. Maybe I don't want to. Uh, how about this? It's been days since he gave her that little wrapped package, and she still hasn't opened it. If she doesn't do it soon, preferably not in the presence of their parents or grandparents, he's going to combust like their shitty coffee maker. <laughs> now that's got to be a <laughs> that joke. One sounds good to me. Here is a crossover, a Star Wars crossover, that incestuous Folgers Christmas commercial rewritten as a post The Force Awakens Luke and Leia reunion. Oh, that sounds God. more like a pitch. Um, here's another Star Wars trilogy crossover. Ray convinces Ben, her older brother, her older adopted brother, that's probably important here, to come home for Christmas. Ben hasn't been home in five years. He remembers his sister as a gangly child with a toothy grin. When he comes home, he finds a gorgeous young woman in her place. Complicated feelings emerge. And then finally, my favorite, a Teen Wolf TV show crossover. <laughs> Scott has been lonely ever since Styles left for Georgetown. One Christmas surprise over a cup of coffee will change all of that. There is no universe in which Styles got into Georgetown. Tell me about how do you know about Teen Wolf the TV show? Well, I don't know what Teen Wolf the TV show is like, but if it's anything like the movie, Styles is not going to Georgetown. I don't. Is Styles his? Um, it's his, his buddy. buddy? Yeah. Okay, kind of a dumb, goofy guy. He's, yeah, he like okay. likes to watch women Jello wrestle. But in Teen Wolf the TV show, I get the impression that that's kind of a reboot that is like kind of a almost like a teenage witch well, kind a, of drama. I'm an original. I'm an originalist <laughs> okay. when it comes to Teen Wolf. Anyway, that's as far as. I got through these things. I want to go through more. Maybe I'll <laughs> maybe I'll terrible. report back, or maybe I'll just Emily. Keep it to I myself. take it back. That was a terrible call to, <laughs> to leave. All right, what do you got? 
Um, well, this I want to say thanks. Thank you to Mike, uh, who said that uh, this this Sky Rizzy ad uh, might hit the Billboard 100 chart by the time uh, this election is called. Thankfully, the election has been called at the time of this recording. Um, but you're not wrong about the Sky Rizzy song. Uh, Sky Rizzy is a I think it's a like a plaque psoriasis uh, kind of drug. You know, a lot of these ones are for like uh, for like skin, like psoriasis and, mm-hmm. and eczema drugs. I always just think that Sky, and I have said this to you a million times off air, Sky Rizzy's just sounds to me like the way Snoop Dogg says Sky. Yes, it does sound like, it sounds something, it sounds like something not a drug. I right. agree. Yeah. Um, but the song is just diabolically infectious. Okay, let's take a listen. Because I, I, I swear I've heard this commercial, but then I always get distracted by the name Sky Rizzy. <laughs> I have moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Now there's Sky Rizzy. Things are getting clearer. Yeah, I feel free to bare my skin. Yeah, that's all me. Nothing in me go hand in hand. Nothing on my skin. That's my new plan. Nothing is what percentage of sleeveless dresses are sold exclusively to be used in commercials like these? A good chunk. Yeah, I think yeah. so, too. Your skin clearer with Sky Rizzy. Three out of four people achieved 90% clearer skin at four months. Of those, nearly nine out of ten sustained it through one year. And Sky Rizzy is four doses a year after two starter doses. I see nothing in a different way. And it's my moment, so I just gotta say... May increase your risk so that's your jam, huh? I have to say, it it is a specific kind of pop sound mm-hmm. that I, you you do hear a lot on the on top forty radio right mm-hmm. now. There's a very upbeat, very like you know, uh, sort of joyful. I mean, it's this wasn't this isn't a song that was written for anything. I think it was written for this. Yeah, I was going to ask yeah. for this commercial. I don't it's think it so was so specific. I don't think it was borrowed for for something else. The way or or like we did a show on. Songs that were either borrowed or parodied for for drug yeah, commercials. Right, I think yeah. this was specifically written for it. Um, I'm not the only one, and Mike's not the only one who kind of like got this song stuck in their head. And I read, <laughs> I read a blog post on the newest rant, um, which is a blog by uh, a guy named David Charles Bitterbaum. Hmm. And David Charles Bitterbaum has a, a very reasonable take on this. He's just like, this is his blog post. This song is weirdly catchy. Um, you know, it it's really replaced "Oh Oh Oh Zampic for me. Oh, 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 uh, it's Zamp- like the, no, that's oh, borrowing. Oh Oh, oh Zampic. Yeah. Um, so it's just like you know, it's a blog post. What caught my eye about this blog post is like, <laughs> this guy has more blog readers than we have listeners. First of all, there are so many people. He posted this like. Not even that long. Oh, no, he posted it in March. So it has been a while. But since March, like 50 people have commented on this, including someone named, uh, where is it? The Ever Hopeful wrote it just a couple days ago on November 8th. Um, I wish these medications didn't try to have jingles. Indeed, why did they advertise on TV? I don't want a two-minute ad on something for small cell lymphoma. It's not like I can remember the name or buy it myself. <laughs> the other thing, vocal fry. <laughs> that makes it even worse. I didn't hear any vocal fry in there. Also, people who go after vocal fry. Are, I know. It's tired. Yeah. It's um, tired and sexist usually. It is. But like, it's just like there's like this – there's a – strain of people who like have their inner Andy Rooney that mm-hmm. they're all and, and, mm-hmm. and a lot of them are internet commenters keep them inner keep them inner but I just think it's hilarious he's like and why do these drugs have to advertise on TV 
TV. Right. Well, sir, let me explain. They don't have let to. Let me walk you through the they basics of capitalism. To. They decided that if they do that, they will sell more of their product and thus make more profit. How about Daphne 13, who back in July said, I hate it. The singer has little or no vocal range. It is absurd and pretentious. <laughs> And the braying adolescent who cannot enunciate English is annoying. Oh, my God. Brainless. Brainless. Yes, Daphne. So who's angry. brainless? Who's who's brainless as you're writing with your um, generic, uh, what, what is this blogger um, Easter egg of an icon? What uh, is this? This is like a, is it blogger software? I think that's. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm not sure. But, it, like, yeah, I just think it's hilarious how people, how worked up people get on some anonymous blog commentary. Yes. Um, I was looking up the name of this song on uh, Spotify just to see if there's any chance that um, the song is Nothing is Everything. So I was just trying to figure out um, if it does live on its own anywhere, but it doesn't. Oh, how about this from Anonymous? Just posted this about 10 days ago. I'm going to do a FOIA request <laughs> and find out who the singer is. The original singer's voice is kind of flat, but oddly enjoyable. New commercials have a different singer, and the music sounds a little different. Definitely not as catchy. Oh, oh that's I... interesting. Actually, is the one embedded in here a different version than what we just played? Let's uh, see. Uh, let's take a listen. It looks the same. I have moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Now there's Skyrizzy. Things are getting clearer. Yeah, this is the same exact one that we just yeah. heard. So, uh, anyway. Well, anyway, I think I that's going to be. That. I envy the FOIA request office yes. that gets that. What? Who are you even FOIAing? Yeah. Who do, you, who do you FOIA to get that? They answer? put they put a little winky emoji after it. I so know, I think they're that joking. they're in on it. Yeah. And what I liked about it was it wasn't like an emoji. It was actually the old school like semicolon with a parenthesis. That's how I do emojis. Still. Yes. If I'm going to give you a smiley face or a frowny face, an emoji, it's going to be the sideways colon with the parentheses. Okay, but do you do that? I would I'm every even, now and then I'll do that. You have to be so happy. To be like, usually, to it's, be a, like it's usually a frowny face. Extremely overjoyed. It's usually like I'll, I'll text somebody and be like, "Sorry, um, sorry, I'm late. I couldn't find a parking spot." Sorry, you have cancer. Mm, yeah. Frowny face. Usually, so far, nobody's asked me to break that kind of news, <laughs> and I'll try not to do it over text. Yeah, probably don't. Yeah, okay. Uh, just a couple more here. I think we're probably running a little long. Um, this is about that AT&T commercial that we've talked about, a commercial voice that we've talked about. Oh, She's yeah. been there kind of like their their voice of God, faceless uh, voice uh, for a bunch of these ads mm-hmm. for a long time. And we were saying she just has the sound of someone who we should know. Yes. And there was some speculation on the Facebook group about who she is. Elizabeth says, uh, Lena, and I'm going to say Waith. Or That's it- how I'd say it. Uh, is the voice of the AT&T commercial. She was in Master of None. That's okay. that Aziz Ansari uh, show. Yep. Uh, and she's super. Okay, here's the voice we're talking about. I'm going to fast forward to the end of one of these AT&T commercials here. AT&T is America's best wireless network according to America's biggest test. Now with 5G evolution, the first step to 5G. More for your thing. That's our thing. I, do, I really do love her voice. Yeah, it's fantastic. I think it's good. And then it looks like you have one more note here before we get out of here. Oh, yeah. This is a this is a personal note from me to Noel or Noel Lawson. Um, you, Noel, uh, applied to be a member of the Facebook group this week. Is it Noel? Well, it's a, it says male. Mm. It says it's a man on his or her, on Noel's page. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's spelled Noel. Okay. You've been on Facebook for 15 weeks. In mm-hmm. that time, you have uh, amassed no photos of yourself or anyone else. Um, you have posted maybe 50 dumb inspirational quotes. 
you did technically fill out one of the questions. You answered one of the questions. You didn't answer them both. To the question, are you a bot? You wrote, okay. Hmm. I think you're a bot, Noel. But if or you're Noel. not, or Noel, but if you're not, prove me wrong. Fill out those questions. Thank now, you. Now, if, if this person does get back to us and says, no, it's honestly me, will you feel bad calling their inspirational quotes dumb? I mean, I'll feel bad that I said it out loud, sure. Yeah, because you did. Yeah. Maybe we this should go person, back to the early days of this show. This person when you is were, a bot. When you were less confident. You're confident <laughs> that this person is a bot? I'm pretty confident, but I would love to be proved wrong. Wow. But I'm not going to accept, I'm not going to approve your application until you prove me wrong. I feel like that CarMax commercial really did, really did a number on you. <laughs> now you have too much confidence. <laughs> you can sell anything. You can sell anything. All right, before you ride your camel out of here. <laughs> think about what I've done. <laughs> think about what you've done. Um, how can people get at us? You can get real at us. Real people. Real people only. Um, you can join, Not actors. You can join the Facebook group. Please do answer those questions. Or have a convincing Facebook profile that makes me think you are a real person. You can email us at After These Messages Show at Gmail. And you can call us at 607 444 5597. I'll repeat it just so I have something to say. 607 Okay, everybody. Thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Oh, next week. Hey, oh, I think, we, I think uh, great. we have a friend coming on the Good show. Good job right? for yeah. us saving this till the very last possible minute. <laughs> but um, speaking of awesome podcasters, we've got Benjamin Harrison coming on to talk Star Trek podcast, Star Trek commercials with us, and That's we are right. so excited. And of he course, he's a, from the Greatest Gen podcast, Greatest Generation. Also, the Friendly Fire. Right. He's fantastic. And We're a good so excited. Friend of ours. So yeah, so um, if all goes according to plan, he'll be hopping on the show with us next week. We'll talk to you then. Dip is he's once again back again with the caravan of man's that's from Pakistan. Karachi posse's Aki's poppy. Uh, Red Octagons couldn't stop me. I burn headband, my eyes all droopy. I've gooey foodies, zoobies in my